Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week 8, day 3 of our study of 1st and 2nd Timothy. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about 2nd Timothy 2, 14-19. Well, welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Before we get started, I want to encourage you to consider leading a small group using the 10-Week Bible Study. We've come up with some great resources to help make that happen. Head over to 10weekbible.com to see everything that we have available. With that, let's go and pray before we start today. Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us, God, speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, before I jump in, I just want to say that uh, for the last week and a half of the podcast, I've actually been accidentally reading from the New King James Version. Now, I don't have any problem with the New King James Version. I actually enjoy the New King James Version. It's actually one of my favorite uh, versions to use to read and, and to study the reason that I prefer using the NIV for this podcast is just because I've, I've tried a lot of different versions and of the, the, the more literal versions of scripture, it's the one that flows off the tongue the easiest. And since I'm talking about it, and since I'm, I'm doing this on camera and on the microphone, I, I, I've chosen the NIV just because it's the one that I get the least tongue-tied with. And for those of you that have been with the podcast for a while, you know that I very much get tongue-tied occasionally with names and different things. And it's just the the sentence structure and the way that the New King James is 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 worded and the way it flows, I end up tripping over it. And and interestingly enough, the New King James is what I've accidentally been using for the last week and a half. And I just noticed it today been pulling it into the the software that I use for uh, the the slides that I use when I'm doing the podcast. I just noticed it today. And so I'm, I'm mainly saying this just because I want to make it clear that the attribution for the last week and a half is actually the New King James, not the NIV. I always say the NIV whenever I read, this was New King James. Now, going to that again, I don't favor the NIV over New King James or any other English translation. The NIV, after extensive personal research, is just the one, just the English translation that's easiest for me to read on air. That's the reason that I choose it. I actually encourage you as you go through the book of First and Second Timothy in 10 weeks or any book that we do, that you actually change translations that you're reading from. If you have a paper Bible, read that one. And then occasionally pick up, you know, your, your smartphone or your computer and go to Bible.com, do the Bible app and change translations. They're absolutely free. The the down the app is free. You can even have it read to you in several translations, or you can listen to it as you drive. I encourage you to read multiple different, read or listen to multiple different translations. And in that way, you actually get a sense of, of how different scholars have translated differently, you know, different words in Greek and Hebrew differently. And you can get a sense without being, without having to be a, a Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic scholar, the difficulty with which they, they face in translating these things. You can, if you just read multiple translations as you go through it, you get to be kind of a mini scholar in that by by way of kind of uh, watching them uh, just from switching translations, you see where they struggle and where the hard things are to in, to translate. You can you can see that when 
there's different words used in different translations. So I encourage you to always use multiple different English translations. It's actually a privilege that we have as English speakers, which most of the rest of the people in human history have not had to have more than one translation. I mean, to have one translation in your language, that's been a privilege throughout human history. To have multiples, that is a, a, a privilege beyond privilege. Well, I encourage you to use it. Use that privilege that we have and, and read multiple different translations as you go through the books that we study. But the reason I do NIV is just because it's easiest for me. <laughs> All right, with that, let's jump into God's word. This is 2 Timothy 2, starting in verse 14. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Uh, there, there's two things. The second part is the same thing that Paul has been reiterating to Timothy over and over through both of these books. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. You know, do everything in your power to to do the thing that the Lord has called you to, to, to teach and, and, and make sure that your life backs up the teaching that, that you're doing. I mean, first and second Timothy, if you could, you know, wrap everything up into a few statements, that's one of them. And the other thing that Paul is saying is, is one of the other things that he says over and over again on repeat in first and second Timothy is, you know, warn people, don't quarrel, don't get in all into tizzy about different words. <clears throat> I would say that we, that this isn't a big deal anymore, but I still hear people say, well, you shouldn't say this word. You should use this word instead. And they actually quite literally want to quarrel. They want to start fights over which word you use. I've heard it's like, well, you shouldn't say that, you know, you're frustrated about something. You should just say that you're angry. It's like, why do you care what word I use? If I'm, if I say I'm frustrated and you hear me say I'm angry, it's the same thing. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. Who cares what word I use? Listen to listen to what I'm trying to convey. And I still hear people to this very day get all up in arms about if we're using words or this and that. And all it does is it causes strife. There's no value. Pulsing is actually, if you if you push this far enough, it actually ruins those who listen. It ruins them. That's a big, heavy thing. It's like we need to be careful which words we take issue with, right? We can take issues with the concepts. We can take issues with the doctrine about different things, but getting all up in arms about, well, you didn't use this word or you didn't say this right. It's like, who cares? Who cares? You really can ruin people getting into that. That's, that's a heavy thing that Paul's saying right here. And he continues on in that same vein in verse 16, avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Holy cow, that's that's a heavy thing to say. Godless chatter, if you indulge in that, you become more and more ungodly. That's a big thing. And we need to be introspective of whether or not what we're talking about, the things that we say, is it godless chatter? Because there's a lot of opportunities for godless chatter in our culture. There's a lot of pulp culture things that we discuss, a whole lot of politics and different things that we discuss that we should take stock of. Is it godless chatter that we're engaged in? Because it's actually defiling. It makes us ungodly. That's a defiling thing if we give, if, if we engage in that. 
Verse 17, their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have departed from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some. Now, I alluded to this early on in this chapter that Paul was talking about how in his gospel, Jesus has been raised from the dead. <clears throat> and of course, duh, Paul, but he's he's getting to this right here. You're saying that for this purpose. So this this godless chatter, this idle chatter, this this nonsense, he's saying, you know, it, it leads us into ungodliness. It's like when we engage in that, it actually is so defiling that it it, it spreads like gangrene. The New King James says cancer. It's something that spreads. Uh, <clears throat> gangrene and cancer both do the same thing. They spread and they kill us from the inside out. <clears throat> and that's what Paul is is saying here. Is you get into this godless chatter, this all of this nonsense where you're you're arguing over about stuff that doesn't matter. It actually defiles you and leads you and others away. And he says, among them are these two people <clears throat> who gave themselves so much to this. They've actually departed from the truth. They say that the resurrection of the dead has already taken place, which it hasn't. Clearly it hasn't. And he said in doing something, they've destroyed the faith of some. They've ruined people over... What Paul's alluding to here is that it started out with them taking issue with some words. I don't like the way that you say this, Paul. I don't like this word that you say. And I understand that in previous episodes, I said, I prefer the word um, allegiance over over the word uh, belief. And I think there's a biblical basis for that. Now, if you're, I'm not going to, to say, hey, you need to stop saying that you believe in Jesus and start saying you pledge your allegiance. That's not the point of what I'm, I'm not getting into all of this words. I'm trying to help <clears throat> explain the concept. But if you say, you know, I believe in Jesus and that's what you mean. That's the word you're using to say that you, <clears throat> you have faith in him, you pledge that allegiance, you follow him. <clears throat> I don't care what word you use. We shouldn't care what words we use. We should care about the concept, the understanding behind that, but the words don't matter. So <clears throat> I do want to say that if, if I'm not so nitpicky like this, where I'm saying like, if you don't say that you pledge allegiance to Jesus, you're not actually saved. No, 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 no. That's, that's not what I'm getting at. I'm trying to help understand the concept. And that's why I try to always say, <clears throat> this is not a biblical word. I'm trying to, to help us wrap our minds around a concept, but not necessarily change our diction or anything like that. It's all about, do we understand this? <clears throat> but I think what Paul is alluding to here is that Hymenus and Philetus started getting into that as like, well, we don't like this word. We want you to use this. You should only use this word. You shouldn't use this word. <clears throat> and that actually, it seems like what Paul's saying is that nonsense led them to this place where they say the resurrection already happened. It's, Jesus isn't coming back. We're not going to be raised from the dead again. Like this is the resurrection. We, it's it. This is, this is the thing. <clears throat> and they don't believe that Jesus, you know, resurrected is what he's alluding to. They're preaching a different gospel. They've departed from the truth. They've departed from salvation is what he's saying. And, and, and the illusion or the, the, you know, what he's alluding to here is that, that that's what led them there. That's really strange and, and, and really weighty to think about that, that just getting 
been out of shape over words can actually lead us down that path. But it's absolutely true. I've seen it and maybe you've seen it before too. I've seen it actually go to that extent. And I think there's inner things going on. When you get so bent out of shape over words, there's stuff going on inside that that's that's given the opportunity, like a cancer, like gangrene, to grow inside of us. And so I don't necessarily think it's the words themselves or the things that's defiling us. It's it's letting ourselves get into that. It, it's it's opening up a place for that that cancer, that gangrene inside of us to grow. Verse 19. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. <clears throat> this is like I've said in, in previous episodes that we don't have to take on this sound doctrine for the sake of the church universal. We we are not the arbiters of sound doctrine for the continuity of our faith. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Paul's saying, even though these guys have led people away, the Holy Spirit's got this. He's really got this. God has a solid foundation that uh, we can screw up a lot, but we can't screw that up. We really can't. Human beings cannot screw up this solid foundation of God. So we don't have to carry the weight of God's doctrine on our shoulders. Yes, we can be responsible and we will be held responsible for leading individuals away, but the church universal, the church at large, we can't screw that up. We really can't. So he's saying, even though even though these two have destroyed the faith of some, God's foundation is firm. It's, it's sealed. It's sealed. He, he knows. We don't know. Paul's saying, we don't know the ones who are truly God, but God knows. He knows. We know our hearts and we know no one else's heart. So we can only worry about our heart. We can teach, we can train, but we we can't know someone else's heart. And that's kind of where we land is that we know us, we teach and train the truth. We warn people not to get off into all of this nonsense because we do know that that can lead to destruction of their soul. doesn't mean that it absolutely will, but we know that it can lead to that. And it has led to that. And it continues to lead to that. So we warn them, we teach them, we train them. But we don't get to know their hearts. We can know ours. God knows our hearts. And God knows other hearts. And I'm glad he has not tasked me with having to decide and be the arbiter of who is saved and who isn't. For the 10-Week Bible Study, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.